Welcome back to the Signal Noise Podcast on ProSound Web, sponsored by Shure. My name is Michael Lawrence. I'm the technical editor of Live Sound International and ProSound Web, and I'm joined by both of my dashing co-hosts, Kyle Chernside and Chris Leonard. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Hello. Doing good. Yeah, man. Hey. Hanging out. Hanging out. And uh, I'm really excited for today's episode because we have my buddy Jason Moore with us today. Jason is the front of house engineer for Train. And uh, I went out to see the concert this summer, and we're going to talk all about that. But first, Jason, thanks for being here, man. Thank you very much for having me, guys. It's nice to meet uh, Kyle and Chris, which Kyle and I talked. We might have met in the past. We all run into so, uh, each other yeah. one time or another, for sure. It's a, it's a small business, and that's what I love about it. I think I know, you know? your LD. Actually, I toured with your LD. Is his name Brock? Uh, well, Brock is Brock is now with Weezer, but yes, Brock and I have a, a, a very good front, front of house relationship, you know? I always like to make friends with my LDs rather than battle them because, you know, <laughs> you're standing next to them most of the time. Yeah, so. they have the most free time, so yeah. You gotta... they, do. <laughs> yeah, they do. They make you think they're working, but I know what happens on that. I know what happens on that console. I know exactly what's going on behind me at all times, trust me. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I've also toured with Brock as well, and actually the funny thing is, is uh, it was a long time ago, but uh, he was like beta testing some, uh, some lighting desks on the tour room and so he always had like two or three backups next to him in front of house and I, I distinctly remember at least during one show he's like calling off a radio he's like help 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 we all had to run in front of house and like swap consoles because it crashed and uh but no one really cared because it was it just wasn't that big of a deal but yeah no it was uh it was it was a good good tour well, we should uh, we should just call Brock now and get him on with us. Brock Lee, Brock Lee. We don't want any of those lampies on here. What do you think this uh, is? Zero, zero lampy show. We make fun of them uh, and video guys for the rest of the show here on out. That is. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the funny part was I had such a hard time getting my lighting together here so I could see you could see me. <laughs> And I was like, wow, it's way easier to get my audio going than lighting, that's for sure. See, I think this should be a vlog, man. If you get to watch the interaction, then you see how it goes down. Totally. So three co-hosts. So we're going to have a lot of questions for you. But um, yeah, just give us a little bit of background of where you started, how you got into this thing, what you're doing with Train now. You look like you're at home. Yeah, where's that? I am home in Largo, uh, Florida, about 23 miles south of uh, the Tampa International Airport. Which, of course, that's how I reference everything, is how far away from the airport. But, uh, yeah, I'm in Largo. Uh, I've been in Florida my whole life, you know. Um, I mean, I started out, I mean, I kind of knew that I was going to be an audio guy. I mean, I didn't know, but looking back now, I had a car stereo before I even had a car. You know, I was building my amps and my crossovers and sitting in the corner of my room. So the day that I had a car, that was the first thing I did. So that's kind of really where I learned about crossover points and frequencies and, and you know, really basic acoustics, you know, because a car is a very, uh, it's a very kind of tight place to put stuff, you know, and you kind of learn what works, what's efficient, what's not, and what sounds good and what doesn't. So kind of started there. And then I, you know, I thought it was going to be a, heavy metal guitar player so that was yes. the next thing i did <laughs> yes. you know, bought a i bought a bc rich warlock which i actually yes. still have right now look if you see that you can't oh, see it oh man look at that but that is cool my yeah my first guitar 13 years old yeah man 10 What's, years 10 years ago what sticker is that on it i saw a, a glimpse of a sticker tell me it's something no 
Uh, I had a bunch of stickers on it at one time, and then I took them all off. You so. de-stickered. So, so, <laughs> so I went out. Uh, you guys are coming through the, uh, it was SPAC, Saratoga Performing Arts Center up in Saratoga, New York. Mm -hmm. It's just about an hour and a half north of me, so I drove out. And I met your whole crew, and I met your, your system mm -hmm. tech, Chris, who is awesome. And Amazing guy. A really knowledgeable guy. And we did a, we did a little article about the, the visit uh, for ProSign Web, so we'll be sure to put that in the description mm -hmm. of this podcast. But, um, man, what a great show. I, just, I had such a great time. And Train's one of those bands that, you know, you know, you know Train. Everybody knows Train, but then you're sitting there at the concert, and you're like, oh, my God, I forgot about they had this huge hit. Oh, they had this huge hit. It mm -hmm. just hit after yeah. hit, and you're like, "Man, I forgot these guys are monsters." And it's, it's an it was an awesome show. Your mix was killer. Um, I had a great time. Thank so, you. so thanks again for having me out there. It was great, man. Um, Absolutely, it was a blast. I, I really uh, get a kick out of people coming out and talking shop and talking life and talking history and and things like that. I, I, it's one of the things that appeals to me about this business is, it's. Uh, it's a tight knit group out there, you know, and when you meet new people, you're, you're, I'm very excited personally to talk to them and learn from them and maybe they pick something up from me. And, you know, that's just, I think that's how we all get to where we're at right now in this business specifically, probably in life. You so know, we were but. talking a little bit, we talked about, um, you were using some, some dynamic EQ on, uh, on Pat's vocals yep. and I sent you information on the waves f6 plugin which i had been sure. looking at and you mm -hmm. sent me you texted me the next day you texted me a picture you had that running at the show and, oh, and man. i i said man i said that is some cool stuff because there's so many people out there that are so scared like it's working i'm not going to touch it and and it really it's really interesting and and cool to me that you're like hey man you know i'm going to check this out as a potential solution let's let's give it a shot and so you know that you're not afraid to experiment and and see what you can do to improve the product that that's pretty cool you know i uh I'm always about experimenting. When the SSL L500 first came out, uh, I was adamant about trying it and, and getting on the road with something new. I, I enjoy that. I mean, when I was with Selena Gomez, I think uh, we were the second band to tour with the MLA, and it was in the early stages of it. I, I think maybe version one or two, but it, it was a great box. And it was a great experience just to learn something new. You know, and, and I, they've made a lot of advancements, as a lot of speaker companies have. So to, to experiment, to try new things, if somebody says, hey, man, you should try this, I'll try it in a live show. And, you know, you should be able to, I don't think the general public's going to hear the difference, but we sure can. And, you know, that F6 made a big difference for me. It was, it was very cool. I, uh, I was a C6 fan before, and uh, it, it did well. I was very happy with it. I appreciate that advice. <laughs> but, you know, what was, what was cool to me is we were kind of standing out, and I talked about this in the article, you're standing out kind of back in, in the, listening to the lawn delays, and um, just the, looking around and seeing the people, um, the, the, the young people, the old people, the, the variety of people that came out to that show, and every single person knew the lyrics to those songs. And, you know, that sure. really just drives it back home. You're like, yeah, this is why we do this, man. This is... You know, it's not about the F6 at that point. It's, it's no, no, you know no, what I mean? No, it's, no, we're, we're giving no. some memories here. It is, it is. And, you know, uh, you know, everybody remembers their first concert. You remember the first experience that you had there, whether it be good or bad or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, we're, we're very fortunate to work in the live uh, music business. It's, it means everything to me. It's my, been my 
well over half my life doing it, and uh, I, I appreciate giving back. I try to help young kids coming up, and you know, there's been a few kids over the years that I've kind of directed a little bit, and and uh, I don't take credit for what they've become, but I definitely like being a part of, you know, introducing them to this business and uh, and seeing the fans out there is a is a big deal. It sounds cliche, but you know, it really is about the fans. It's just it's they they have the power to 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 make the show, you know, and if Train's very, very good, and Pat's a very good front man, they're a very, very good band musically, and, you know, they bring the show to the people and feed from the people, and, you know, they give them a great show, and it's, it's, it's really awesome. It's been a, been a great seven years, for sure, with these guys. So what are the, some of the challenges specific to Train? Because you've worked with a lot of bands that, a lot of bands I happen to like a lot, <laughs> but what are, what are, what are some of the right. unique challenges to, to Train that you, you weren't used to dealing with before, or things you had to approach differently? You know, the, I think the toughest thing, and uh, it, the, the biggest challenge for, with Train is uh, Pat, and, 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 and that the way he sings, he's a very, very dynamic singer. He sings off the mic, he's, he's very good at working the mic, which sometimes for an audio guy, you know, like when I worked with David Cook, he, uh, American Idol guy, he, uh, he sang on the mic. I had to use very little compression on him. He just had this natural, really good compression on his voice. But that's what it was all the time. And that was something you could depend on, but it also becomes a crutch a little bit as well because you know it's going to be there. So when you move on to the next band, you just throw the vocal up and you think it's going to be the way it was, and that's not how it is. And, and you know, working with Selena, she had one technique that she had, and, and you know, Pat has another. Uh, the challenge with Pat is really finding the right microphone for him that he can belt into, that he can pull off of, you know, crazy enough, crazy as it sounds, it's a SM58, <laughs> you know, and every, everybody goes, you know, everybody tries every mic and I've done it. And, you, you know, you find what works for your singer. Specifically with Pat, we went right back to the 58 and that's where we're at and it works great. So there's my sure plug. Sponsored by Sure, yeah. just well, like they, our podcast. It works, man. It is true. It is true. Yeah, it yeah. works. I mean, it's a, it's a, it, for Pat, for right. Pat, you know. And, and you know, I tried other mics that had a bigger pattern, so that when he pulled off, I didn't lose as much. And it, it you know, it becomes one of the situations where I just have learned over the years with him specifically. I know where he's going to breathe. I know where he's going to pull off, and I do my adjustments on the fader, old school, you know, and. I do use the F6 and the C6 to kind of pinpoint the high frequencies in his voice that can get a little shrill sometimes, you know, depending on his, you know, where he's at, the environment that we're singing in, you know, how many shows we've done, you know, and, and kind of, you know, just level the vocal out. But as far as the actual pulling on and, and or, you know, pulling off and like cramming the mic, you know, those things I just kind of ride with my fader. Can you talk about, since I, since I had the opportunity to meet, uh, Chris Nichols, your system tech. Um, can you talk mm -hmm. about your working relationship on that tour? You know, what um, a lot a lot of engineers sort of just say, hey, just you know, make it sound good. Or a lot of them are, are right there next to the system tech at the smart rig, looking over the shoulder. And so, what where on that spectrum are you? What kind of interaction do you like to have with your system tech? <laughs> the only time I stand over a system tech shoulder is to learn what he's doing. <laughs> that's you that's know, awesome. <laughs> uh, I I put full faith in my systems techs, and and Chris is amazing, and I've been very fortunate over the years that 
when I've got to the level of needing a system stacker or able to have one, you know, I, I've had very good luck. Uh, and and I, I think that because, that's because, you know, I, I put trust in what they do. You know, I, I love to sit down and talk with them, you know, weeks before the show, uh, the first show, the rehearsals. And I, I like to just uh, be open and I like them to do their job. I don't I don't white glove by any means, but I don't stand over their shoulder. I let them do their thing. I uh, especially Chris was very good about this with me as well. He and I had very similar tastes, and and he's a you know a very good systems tech to me. Chris being one of them will listen to what you want and not try to step on your toes. He will let you you know he will let you bury yourself if you bury yourself. It's not their job to mix for you or tell you. That you're doing that you're doing bad or you're, you're a making bad night my or... PA sound like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've worked so, so hard at this. How long have you been with them? Yeah. Uh, train? No, the, uh, your system tech. Uh, well, Chris, we just you know, it, I've rarely had two systems techs, and and you know, in this business, it, it I, you know, I want a guy. He's it, you know, the guys that I like and that I've toured with are always on demand. They're, I mean, oh, they're yeah. they're. In demand, I should say. The the guys I work with are always in demand. Sometimes I can catch one that's free. Sometimes I can't. And and again, it goes back to that experimenting thing. I like working with other people. I have no problem with that. I love establishing new relationships and, and having a team of people out there. So now I know i got four or five guys that I can pick from. If one can't do it, one can. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just a very important thing to me to to work together, to not try to tune myself but ask questions. I want to be up front and say, hey, how does this sound? How am I doing? You know, and, and that opens up the communication for them as well. So we're both working together for that common goal. Right. You know, and, and, and that's awesome. That's kind of how I approach it. Um, I have a question because I like <laughs> yeah. food and I did not talk about food in the last thing. You did. You didn't. A short you were, you were remiss guy. last episode. <laughs> exactly. Guy so Fieri. Yes. yes. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, I like the dude because who wouldn't want to ride around in a Camaro and eat delicious food all the time? Dude, he, <laughs> he is a sweetheart. He's a great guy. Great guy. What did you uh, actually do on that tour? Was it an actual like uh, spoken word thing where he'd come out and talk? Well, and- you know, it was interesting. Uh, he, we would do theaters, and he would bring out uh, his sous chefs, which are all great guys, and he had a DJ. He had some props. And he would cook food like all day, you know, prepping for the show. And then he would talk about how to hold your knife. He would talk about how to cook this, talk about how to cook that. Uh, it's very interactive. He had some skits that he would do. Oh, it was, you're t- it was you're, really you're, fun. You're talking my language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, here, here, you want some language. He cooked bacon all day. Oh, all so day bacon. You would, get a, you would load in, there would be bacon, bacon cooking, and it was unbelievable. I mean, the whole place was great. Yeah, right? So, Holy moly. So it was cool. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. We had all day bacon, too. We called it ADB. Uh, so yeah. on 2008, one of the tours I was on had ADB, and it was all day bacon, man. That was it. Wow. Holy wow. cow. <laughs> You know, I went out there as a monitor guy, kind of as a monitor stage kind of uh, prep guy, and we didn't carry a front of house guy. And you know, I've I've always been a front of house guy uh, for whatever reason. Uh, but when I got out there, I just realized that, like with Seven Mary Three, at the, at the tail end of the Seven Mary Three, my my uh, time with them, it was down to me and our tour manager Sam, who ironically is our tour manager now. 
uh, but uh, he and I would do everything. So I was used to tuning the stage and then running out to front of house and doing that. So I kind of adapted that uh, scenario to that show. So I eventually wound up doing front of house. Awesome. But uh, yeah, but a funny story about that is... Uh, I bet catering was ridiculous. <laughs> catering, yes. There, there, I'm just making a wild guess. <laughs> there's a high standard for catering. Yes, absolutely. And then at the end of the night, you know, he there was always food left over. So when you went to go break down, there was a platter of sandwiches there to eat. Ah. So that was cool. Yeah, pork. I think it was bacon wrapped pork sandwiches of some kind. But. Oh, man. So you can see where I'm trying to sway this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like it. What desk did you use? How many sandwiches did you <laughs> eat at that desk? Yeah. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hey, babe, will you put some bacon on? <laughs> 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 yes. So, your mind. Thanks, babe. <laughs> she's so mad. She's napping right now. So she's going to be pissed. Um, Seven Mary uh, Three yeah. was huge. You were with them for uh, pretty much the full tenure, right? I mean, you were the no, full... no, no. Actually, I replaced uh, I replaced a guy um, that had been with them from basically the beginning. Uh, through that, I was doing Sister Hazel when their, you know, when their first record hit. I was doing that, and then uh, my buddy Jeff Kaler was doing uh, Seven Mary Three at that time so then when he left seven mary three i went to seven mary three from sister hazel and he funny enough went to train and became their front of house guy oh wow so yeah that's so yeah seven mary three i was there from you know about three quarters of the way through their 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 main era of touring i should say good stuff i tell you what that that band Unbelievable. I mean, I'm very fortunate. Every band I've been with has been amazing. And, you know, Jason Ross still remains a good friend of mine. But, uh, you know, you talk about straight up rock and roll, man. They they nailed it. They had it. And if you ever saw them live, it was just it's magical. It was great. Nice. Well, looks like a lot of your tours, you uh, you kind of tour managed and production managed or and also did sound. What was... You know, what was it like trying to manage kind of the, the dual role? I know it's, you know, uh, for the longest time that wasn't really a thing. And then I guess because of budgets and I, I kind of got crunched into mm-hmm. being two roles. And then right. I think we're kind of seeing a wave come back where there's just kind of more money and stuff. We're able to kind of separate that out. So what was it, what was it like kind of trying to balance that? You know, it was uh, my first run at that was with Seven Mary Three. And, and you know, when I came into Seven Mary Three, we were full crew, you know, doing sheds, and it was a it was a legitimate, you know, kind of I wouldn't say legitimate, but it was the standard tech tour manager, LD, you know, front of house, and and uh, and as time went on, and and we started uh, kind of slowing down a little bit. Um, Sam, our tour manager, decided to go on and pursue uh, another option, which was Sister Hazel. And uh, so I just, they asked me if I wanted to just take on that role. And, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot and see, see how it is, you know. And, uh, you know, the tour managing thing is, is what I do like about it is, is there are time differences to where you can make it work. You know, uh, like you do your advancing, you get the band there, and then you f- go into the role of sound guy or whatever it is. I don't think there was ever a really issue with balancing it. I never had a problem with it. Now I wasn't doing it, doing it at the level of 
multiple buses and things like that, which, which I think when you reach that point, you're kind of splitting off those jobs anyway. But uh, I didn't mind it because I really liked being in the know. You know, I liked knowing everything and not having to go to someone. So I could set up my own sound check times. I could, you know, I could pick the hotels that I wanted us to stay in. I could arrange for a day off somewhere that was cool. I really liked that aspect of it. Not enough to stop doing sound and do that. You know, <laughs> I, uh, I applaud tour managers because they have really tough jobs. But at that level, it, it, it wasn't too bad. Um, now, as a production manager, I think that changes a little bit because, you know, the production manager, you kind of want backstage all the time. So to production manage and do front of house, it kind of there's a gap there. And it's that hundred feet, you know, <laughs> from front of house, you know, to the stage that you can't control those things. And you really, you know, the production manager is a very important job when it comes to what we do. You know, and uh, like with with uh, in the beginning stages of of uh, Selena Gomez, I was doing both, and we were doing, you know, we were doing a lot of uh, festivals or radio shows and and uh, various things like that. So it was I could balance the two, but then when it came to the point of uh, a tour coming up, I, I kind of uh, I was asked if I wanted to continue on as production manager. Or did I want to uh, do both? You know, what what do I want to do? But they wanted me to be more of a production manager and just let my systems guy do it and walk out there and kind of white glove the mix. And at that point is when I realized that, you know, I could do it and I probably would be good at it. But I don't I, at the time and kind of still now. I just prefer to mix. You know, I like the art. I like the artistic side of mixing. I like going back to the crowd being you know, part of the show, you, you get that vibe. Like, you know, when, when the lights go off and the crowd screams and you're in control of what they're hearing, that's just something that you don't get from any other job, you know? All day bacon. I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all day bacon. <laughs> all day you don't get bacon. that at other jobs. <laughs> no, no. Waffle House. That's true. But yeah, you yeah, have that, to pay that, for that. that. <laughs> so, Not if you were there. That's you, right. That adrenaline, <laughs> adrenaline, that adrenaline rush, like you said, from, from mixing, you just, uh, you know, you can't you can't get that, I don't think, from PMing. And, no and right. not to dismiss what the, those guys are doing, but mm -hmm. I mean, I think half the reason we kind of got into this is that, like, you know, we, we got one chance to get it right, you know, and... Uh, uh, and and that mixed with the energy of the crowd and all that, like that's that's half the moment you live for. So for sure, I could see not wanting to let go of of, of that. That's it really ninety minutes yeah. of you don't have to worry about getting ice to the bus. <laughs> you know what, man? I tell you, it's is. And you talk about that ninety minutes. It's funny that um, when I explain to the younger kids that I they come out in shadow and talk to me about things like that, the one of the things I say because one of the questions I get a lot is. Have you ever been with a band you didn't like? Have you ever been with a you know a group of musicians that were not very nice? You know to to put it uh, to put it nicely, and yeah, I've been in those situations before. Um, some of, some of them aren't even on my resume. I just don't even bother to. <laughs> you know, it's a short little run. Couple, uh, there is a couple that are on there, but uh, you know, it's like you, no matter how bad your day is or how bad. Uh, the situation that you're in, how much you want to get out of it. Even if you don't like the music necessarily, that hour and a half that you're doing that show, yep. you love it. Yes. You know, you absolutely love it. And, and it's, it's magical. You're in a different world. You're focusing on different things and it's just, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't describe it, but it's, it's unbelievable. It's funny because people, you know, I, I don't like 
socially, I'm not a big group person. I don't want to go into big crowded places where it's loud. I don't like any of that stuff. So people mm-hmm. say, wait, you don't like to go where there's a lot right. of people and you don't like to go where it's loud. They go, don't you do concerts? I go, yeah, right. it's different though. What they don't understand, it's very isolating. It's not, you know, I'm probably the only member of the production who's not on comms. I try not to be on comms too much when I'm mixing and I don't have people near mm-hmm. me. It's sort of like me and my console. Yeah. And just the music, and you sort of block everything yep, else yep. out. And people, I think, if you don't mix, you wouldn't. That wouldn't be obvious at first. Right, right. You know, it's crazy you say that. Um, and we've all been in the control rooms of of TV shows, and uh. you know, you go do Ellen or you go do this, and and the man, I, I've got some friends that do that that I've made over the years that are great and amazing engineers. And the one thing though that I that I that I notice when I'm in there, it's like, ah, oh, you've got the director screaming yeah. at you. You've got PA yeah. screaming at you. They're all screaming and they have to hear it all. And I'm like, man, how do you guys do it? How do you push, how do you push through the director screaming his head off at everybody, you know? And, and they're just, you know, it's it, again, it's focusing, you know, it's just the same as like, I don't focus on the, the, uh, person that's in front of me that's dancing that shouldn't be dancing you know <laughs> focusing on the show and they kind of do the same thing you know they they focus on that and that's just they might hear a trigger word and then they go over and listen but you know so but yeah like you're saying with with a live show it's just you're in it man you're in it and and it's it's, it's a vibe and it's you great. guys don't know those guys who do <laughs> jason's got a oh. he's got this dirty trick that he does with his with his pre-show music before a train comes up it's it's all just like industrial strength pop music it's backstreet boys i want it that way and just all these yeah, groups saying yeah, yeah. this because uh, usually the changeover everyone's like oh now i gotta wait 25 minutes before the next band comes right, up right and so i go hey man i go i'm gonna go you know i'm gonna go grab a drink i'll be right back he's like okay and i just hear this stuff come on and i hear like twenty thousand people just start singing backstreet boys like, i go man that's awesome. <laughs> so they, by the time the band yeah, comes out, they are it, fired up, man. It's good. That was fun. It's it's a funny thing that came about uh, probably four or five tours ago, and I just like for years you just have maybe the band requests a certain kind of music they want in between, or uh, maybe uh, you th- you know somebody thinks because the Beatles are one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time that it should be Beatles and things like that, and and I, you know one day. Uh, we were doing a show and it was this in between and everybody's just kind of standing around the lights were on and I and I can't even remember the song I think it was like jump around which is what we use now before the band walks out but I just played it one day and uh in an amphitheater and the place went freaking ballistic <laughs> right like out of nowhere it went from like a like a I don't know, like a Led Zeppelin song or something like that, right into this, and 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 the place went ballistic, and the people were dancing from the front seats to the lawn. So it got me thinking, like, why not play something that gets them amped up rather than just kind of, you know, I know some artists just do, they want it low and they want to be the impact of the show, and for certain bands that might be good, but I just find that with Train, people want to dance, and and so over the years we've created this playlist of just like the most insane songs, and people get fired up, man, and and, and they're <laughs> dancing, and you know, uh, a couple tours ago, one of the camera guys had a great idea, the pit camera guy, to film people and put them on the screen. Uh, I call it the jumbotron for Brock because it drives him insane. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, if he hears this, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But. Uh, you know, um, so that he would film people dancing and then that just increases the level of energy and excitement. And it's just, it's kind of fun, you know, and, and Pat, Pat and the band, does, they don't really limit me on that. You know, they kind of trust me and, and all, 
all aspects of, of, of the job. So, you know, it's pretty cool. It's fun. If I was a psychologist, I would say you all are control freaks. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, 100%. though. That's awesome. Dude, that's some of the best way to get yourself amped up for doing the same band over and over every night is that playlist. I kind of yeah. get bummed out when they're like, oh, get the Pandora commercial free whatever yeah 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 no it, you know I, i'm very fortunate though like i don't know if it's for every front of house guy or every monitor guy but but like people will ask you know do you ever get tired of hearing the same song and and i i don't because i'm not listening to the song you know you spend the whole time listening to inputs you know or you listen to your compressor on your vocal or your kick drum gate or whatever it is and you i just never got sick of anything it's it's you know and then some songs I like and I get excited. I, or what I really love is when I'm touring with a band and I and and which is most of the bands I've been with and and I like a few certain songs. When they put them in the set list, I get as excited as the fans do. You know, I'm like all excited yeah. that oh my god, they're gonna do this tonight. So and then that that that's with Train as well. well you know? I was telling these guys we did an episode we recorded an episode yesterday and i was telling them you know i generally i generally don't go for the the rock star thing i'm generally you know I, you work with people and you just like hey what's going on and that that's kind of it and i don't i don't fanboy too much but when they did drops of jupiter at the end of the show i was like man you know my high school band that i was in we used to cover this thing and i used to sing this and and, <laughs> and so that you know there's that there's that iconic little tap delay at the very end of the song you know just uh, <laughs> right, would, yeah, you yeah. just hit that's yeah, my that's my yeah. moment to shine like, right that's there it, man. That's, that, that was it to, to watch that watch you just reach over and unmute that return was really that was that was a cool moment for me man. <laughs> yeah yeah that's cool that's cool yeah that's uh it's fun i i uh i dig mixing i dig getting into it and you know i was out with meatloaf for a little while and uh you know, he pulled me aside one day and he goes, when I first started with him and, you know, in that situation, you know, I just went out and did Sammy Hagar as well recently. And, uh, you know, when you go out with someone that's a legend that you listen to as a, as a kid yeah. is way different than going out with your peers or the people, you know, it, it's, I respect and we have a great relationship with the people that are my age that, that are, have now become my friends or whatever. But when you go do someone like that, who's been around, you can't tell them, Hey, you need to do this differently, or you can't tell them. Hey, you need to do that differently. But but you listen to their advice, and and Meatloaf pulled me aside one day, and he goes, "Hey, man, I just make it crazy. It's like turn stuff up randomly, you know. It doesn't matter. Just make it crazy." And I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "Wow!" I've I've never had anybody tell me that, but okay. <laughs> so when the, when the when the tour end when the tour ended. Uh, naturally, I leaned on long delays, and uh, when the tour ended, he I had him sign me a poster, and he said, uh, "Thanks for uh, thanks for your hard work, Jason. Uh, nice delay, 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 delay." <laughs> nice. He wrote it out and made, nice. him, made him smaller as they went along. So, how good yeah, was that, his voice? I mean, he's almost uh, operatic. Like some meatloaf yes. stuff is insane vocally. Great, he's a he, great human being, great singer. Uh, we, I had a blast on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's very operatic. Is that the right word? Operatic? I don't even know. I'm just making up Something stuff over like here. Yeah. You toured with meatloaf. <laughs> Shoot. Hey, hey, Michael, if it's not operatic, just like cut me out. And All right. Your the, own the editor will be whatever the right just, just edit here. that. Yeah, you'll be edited. <laughs> what mic did That's you use funny. with him? Did you go with the standard 58.2 or did you get oh, nutty? Oh gosh, man. Uh, I came into that after, <laughs> A guy that had been there for 24 years. Ah, so wow. yeah, that's talking about walking in with your tail between your legs and going, "I'll do whatever, whatever you guys need." So, 
Uh, you know, I can't remember. It's it's been a while now. It's uh, I want to say 58 because my monitor guy that I was out with uh, on Meatloaf, we met on David Cook, and uh, and he I brought him out on this to kind of come in and and take over the monitor position. And uh, we were both 58 guys. So I, I, I want to say it was a 58, but I can't remember. It could have been something else. So when you... Damn. Here, it's I, funny. I'll, I'll text him right now. <laughs> yeah, t- TC. TC, what do we use on meatloaf? <laughs> That's but, insane. My, 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 my dad always instilled in me at an early age that, like, as a sound guy, you know, uh, the only instrument that I really get to play is delay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And it is an so, instrument. Like, that's my instrument, right? So, and that goes back to like, so we used to have a, um, a Roland Space Echo, uh, uh-huh. oh, that, yeah. um, and I still have it on my on, on my desk. But uh, you know, uh, and he used to talk about back when he was doing his cover band thing, like in college, he had a um, not the Space Echo, he had the um, tell me it's Echo an IntelliVerb, the one that has no, a the, hold. No, the um, no the one where you actually move it, like the Space Echo, you're you're speaking on the tape. Ec- Echoplex, no. Echoplex, yeah, 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 yeah. Echoplex. So, yeah. so, and and he liked that because um, because you're just moving the heads, right? And so he could put like tape marks yeah. for like mm-hmm. each song. He could like he could get right there. Whereas like a space echo, you got to like wait for it to ramp up or slow it down or something like yeah. that. But but yeah, no, I, I consider uh, delay is my my instrument that I play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't really like reverb, never have. So I I like delay, you know. But, yeah. Um, I find it pretty cool though that your dad was a sound guy you know i uh when my kid my one son max was about i don't know 10 and when he was at school they asked him what he wanted to do he goes i want to be a sound guy like my dad i thought that was amazing yeah. now that it's not a thing anymore <laughs> <laughs> he really doesn't like to even come to shows but uh it was cool at the time no, it's it's been it's. I mean, I I tell people I've been gigging since I could walk. I've been putting gear in the back of a station wagon, and you know when I was a kid, every weekend, and I'm I'm still here doing it. So yeah, yeah I, I love it. I started uh, as uh, my mom's metal band that she was managing broke up, so she gave me the sound system, and I learned how to use it. So let's let's talk about that. So you <laughs> you grew up in Tampa around the sound like the more sound studio days like that was death metal capital of well, the world right? I did, no i well yeah i did not grow up i grew up in the redneck riviera of panama city florida oh, i know yeah. exactly where and, that uh, is yeah 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 spring break right spring break <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i grew up there and, and i moved to gainesville uh when my mom was uh she was managing the, a metal band down in Gainesville and, and I was playing guitar and, and wanted to come kind of see what was going on with that. And, and I, uh, I moved there, started kind of teching for the band and then they broke up and she gave me the sound system and I found a club that needed it. And I learned how to use it kind of that way, but we would go down to Tampa because they were a metal band, obviously. We would yeah. go down there and do shows down there and kind of be around that. I, I, I only knew it by people talking about more sound. Now, I believe, if I could be wrong, but I, I think the guys at More Sound has something to do with Seven Mary Three's first record. Wow. That I would believe. Be, yeah. I mean, that was the huge studio. I mean, it was the death metal capital, obviously. Was, yeah, was yeah. the band that your mom managed a major thing, or was it like a regional band? or? 
It was a regional band, uh, and and they played around. Uh, I mean, we would go do, and this is kind of my first uh, experience of going on the road. Is we would rehearse, and I lived in the house where they rehearsed, and then we would go play Daytona, or we'd go to Tampa and do a show, or we'd go down to some podunk town in South Florida, or we, you know, it was very regional, but it was very very good place to cut my teeth. Mackie twenty four eight and EAW five fifties on top of scoops. Nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> nice. So you you've been up. saturated in this for a long time. Then, like, did you find yourself like you were the hooking it up kid? You were pushing the cases. Like, mm-hmm. is that yeah, how it yeah, started? Man. Yeah, man. Well, it's you know, like I said, it started with the car stereo thing, and then my dad was a, uh, uh, you know, I get my ears from my dad, and and he always had really nice speakers and, and uh, was stationed in the UK in the, in the uh, early seventies. And he brought back some really nice sounding speakers. And as he would get new speakers, he'd give them to me. And then I would hook them all up to one Panasonic amp and just, you know, who knows what was happening. <laughs> Smoke it. <laughs> you know, who knows what the amp was thinking, but you know, I'll never forget. I had probably six speakers set up and and one day i'm like can i plug my guitar into this mic jack and i plugged it in because it had like a microphone jack on the amp and naturally it was distorted but i was like wow this is the greatest thing i've ever heard so you know it kind of yeah it kind of started with that and uh you know then when i when i started doing this uh started doing the sound that I had no idea what it was. I kind of just learned it all literally by the Yamaha sound reinforcement manual. Remember that? Sure do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Version two, I think I I bought one of those and I just read everything I could and figured out how to make phase inverters because for some reason on a Mackie 24, eight, there's no phase inverter for each channel. So, uh, I kind of learned how to solder that way. I learned kind of, I learned it all for that, the three years, three and a half years that I was working in the nightclubs, just, sound guys coming in uh going dude this is all wrong i'm like well i don't know i mean help me out so you know it's kind of the way it was and i learned a lot from those traveling regional guys uh that would come through mercenary audio that's you know what that's so great though because i did a tour when i was like 20 and it was just the everything's broken all the time tour that i you know i affectionately think of it and Mm -hmm. and literally the band's going out to get dinner i'm like hey bring me a hamburger because i'm sitting there soldering the wedges back together you know but that you need that man that's that's how you you cut your teeth you know yeah yeah well those those four years in the in the clubs um they uh they taught me a lot about being a house guy and i didn't know it until sister hazel like what happened was this this one I was the band broke up. My mom gave me the sound system. I started calling venues to find out if they needed a sound system. Well, this one did, and he's like, "I got a show on Friday. Can you load in?" And that was Wednesday, so I loaded straight in. And the first show was uh, Edwin McCain. And then there was like a year and a half of just like seven nights a week we were doing live shows, and I was the only guy because I was I was a sponge. I was excited to be there. I was learning, and. And really prepared me for when uh, Sister Hazel, that was a band that would go through there a lot, when they got signed, they obviously needed to bring on a team. So I was the front house, one of the front of house guys they chose, one of the early guys they chose. Uh, the one that stuck around in the beginning, you know, I, I made it through the first cut. So uh, when, I, when we would go do the van and trailer thing and, and go to these uh, same type of venues, I knew how to approach it from the house guy's perspective, which made me a little more lenient. I learned not to yell at the guy like the guys did to me. Like, I'm glad they did because I learned, but it kind of changed how I would go into these smaller venues and act when you would go in and you would know 
this guy's 20 years old. He has no <laughs> idea what he's doing. Hey, man, grab your soldering iron, grab a couple quarter inches, and let's make this stuff work. And there was numerous times that, 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 uh, that I had to do that. And, but I, I think it's, you know, it's giving back and, you know, you again are learning. So how you know? is the Sister Hazel mix? They, they've got a That's very awesome. unique sound. It's very like, there's a lot of like acoustic stuff going on. A lot of, it's a, it's a high clarity sound, you know. Um, how, how is that to mix? It was amazing, you know. It, it uh, great band again, and one of the only bands that's still around that has every original member, uh, and they still kill it. They still do really wow. well, and and you know what I loved about that band, and and I think what they liked about me was that I mixed them like a rock and roll band. I didn't mix it like an acoustic pop band. It was heavy drums, big drums, guitars were right on the edge of of breaking up, and and it. it it just was a driving rock and roll show and and uh you know i learned a lot about acoustic guitars i learned what uh what you know what i liked about them what i didn't like about them how to get headroom out of them you know and get them loud in the mix and not have them take off or you know i learned a lot about a lot of different kinds of sounds with that band because they had everything you know they had electric guitar slide guitar acoustics you know and and uh you know the great musicians and you know just uh it really helped me uh, in that those formative years of going out of the club and then going on the road with a band like that, a very dynamic band, a band that could be pushed to sound like a rock band. You know, it was all part of the all part of the process. I think it was it was good timing for me. That's pretty insane. That's all original members. Cool. That's really yeah, cool. Yeah. Good on them. Yeah. I yeah. I still remain good friends with Ken the singer. I I, I just saw him last night and. Uh, they're still plugging away and well, still. Tell him I said know, Swan Dive is awesome. Base. Next time you talk, <laughs> it's a great song. Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great song, right? It's a very good song. I will for sure. Have uh, you had any? Uh, have you had any major um, mentors along the way that have kind of maybe stuck with you for a period of time, or just one big impact that have really, you, you know, know, maybe uh, maybe changed your career or, or way you approach uh, something? Uh, you know what? I will say that I worked with a lot side by side with a lot of people. You know touring as long as i have i i didn't work for a sound company i didn't you know i didn't go to a school i i just learned by getting out there and getting in a van and trailer we're working at a house gig getting in the van and trailer so i have a lot of people that i worked alongside and you you know you pick up what you can in that short amount of time that you work for them but but as far as a mentor goes the 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 only <laughs> funny story the, I think the biggest impact for me was, you know, when I was younger with Sister Hazel, uh, I was I was amped up all the time. I mean, borderline ADD anyway. And I was always amped up and always trying to make things move fast. And I walked fast and I looked worried and I, I just had that presence about me. And then one we were out with the Allman Brothers opening for the Allman Brothers and and uh, one of their guys been with them for 30 years. He, he kind of put his hand on my shoulder one time and he goes, hey, man you don't need to rush around. He said, you make other people seem like they're nervous and wondering what's the problem. And, you know, look, no matter how hard you work, the show's going to go on at eight o'clock. You're hitting the stage at eight, no matter how stressed you seem now or how easy you make it, it's going to happen. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> wow, that's true. You know, I mean, it, it, that no matter what it's going to happen. So you kind of, you can approach the job a lot better if you're calm, yeah. you know, and I kind of learned that and I started to watch all these guys and talk about calm. 
those guys, that crew, if you've been with the band for 35 years, I mean, you're calm, you're laid back, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of picked that up from them. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have yeah. to stress out all the time. It's going to happen. Let's, let's concentrate on making it work. Yeah, so. that's great. That's awesome. Great reach. Well, Jason, thank you for, for being with us today, man. This has just it's been a great conversation. It's been a lot of, of fun. Um, I, I, yeah, you. I think um, why don't we close with this? If there were, you know, you, you mentioned you mentor and, and you work with a lot of younger people who are interested in coming up on audio. If you could give one, one piece of advice to somebody who, mm-hmm. who says, man, I want to do what he does someday, what, what, would you, what would you offer? Patience, you know? Patience and because you'll get there. It just, it's, it's you know... I I listened to uh, Chris's interview um, yesterday, and uh, he made a good point that you don't have to go to school necessarily to do it. Some people choose to. The bottom line is being patient and just having a passion, you know, being passionate and knowing that that's what you want to do. Like, I think all four of us sitting here knew we wanted to do this, and we were all patient, and eventually, you know, you'll get to where you want to be. You know, uh, just don't try to rush it. I, I worked with people back in the day that, you know, would step on your toes even to try to get the gig that you're on. I had a guy come up and go to Ken, go, hey, your sound guy sucks. I need, I want that gig. And, you know, I'm sure he's not doing anything at this point, you know, because that doesn't work. Patience, it's all about patience because you're just going to dig a hole if you try too hard or you get frustrated because you don't make it you know, or you're not making it as fast as you should, or your parents are up your throat because you're in the music business or whatever, you know, just be patient because, it, it, you know, it'll happen. I mean, yep. I guess what happened for me, cool. you know. So, Agree. Yeah. Hands down. Thank, thank you very, very much, much, Jason. We yeah. appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a real... Absolutely. Yeah, it's been... Yeah. I hope uh, I hope our listeners right. enjoy your yeah. sage wisdom, and it's, it's, good, it's good to see you again, my friend. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure... Good to see you. Yeah. Continue to see you. We'll yeah. talk soon. Yeah. And uh, everyone out there, you can reach us the usual channels, our LinkedIn page. We got Facebook, Signal, number two, noise, podcast at gmail.com. And we will talk to everyone very soon.